There we go. Guys, I look really rough though. Oh no! Don't be silly. <laughs> um, I've literally just got out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Basically, for, uh, first of all, uh, nice to meet you. Mm. Um, nice to meet you as well. My boyfriend just got a puppy. Oh yeah. And basically, it's taking dumps in the crate like overnight. Yeah. So you won't believe what we're doing. We've installed uh like they already had this. It's like a camera. It's like a security camera. You know the ones you can On like the put outside. Yeah. So basically we've installed it in front of the dog. So like if he moves, it makes a noise to your phone. So you can brilliant. in bed to see if the dog's like about to go. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, but it's I could have so- done that about ten years ago with my dog, but <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard having a dog. It's like literally having a child. Oh my yeah, god! I, I don't know how to solve that problem, Sammy. I can't give you any dog advice this time. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, mine was quite easy to cope with. I've got a tiny Jack Russell, and she's ten years old now, so she's been yeah. they're, they're they're really easy to look after. Um, yeah. What breed? What breed do you have? Oh my god! It's like literally the main thing about this dog is not for first time dog owners. <laughs> And obviously, my boyfriend is like, okay, challenge accepted. Yeah. Um, it's Akita Inu, Japanese Akita Inu. Oh, nice. Like a yeah. sheep. Like a sheep. Have you heard of that dog? Yeah, I have. My, um, my girlfriend works in, you know, she's a veterinary nurse or training to be, and she, oh. she knows all of the breeds. So, yeah. funnily enough, we were speaking about that one the other day because I've never heard of it in my life. So, that's quite weird. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool dog, to be fair. Yeah. Um, and in Japan, so you know, in your. Europe, they call them again, German Shepherds as the, the one that, yeah. Georgia, We've you got. have. Yeah. yeah. They use that as the police dog. Yeah. So in Japan, they use the Sakita Inu. Oh, That's nice. so cute. And there's a movie about it as well. Do you know Hachiko? Have you heard of that? Yes. I've never heard of that. Oh, oh my God, God, I love that film. <laughs> I cried when I watched it. <laughs> I literally died, Jake, on Wednesday when yeah. Sammy sent me my check-in. He was just Oh, was he? Oh, no way. How small then? Is it, is it like a, you know, like baby size at the minute? Like, I kind of feel like showing you. Do you want to see him? Yes. Go on always. then. I always want to see him. What a great podcast, really. Fantastic. I'm so happy. He's so cute. <laughs> we can end it here. End it on I know. <laughs> I don't want to discuss injury. No, there we are. Mm-hmm. How you been? Yeah, I'm good. Good. I'm good. sore today. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh. oh my god oh adorable yeah so this is him at nine weeks look at his face and he's quite massive at nine weeks <laughs> he is oh my god his face is like he just doesn't know he's like what the hell are you doing <laughs> oh, and the, fu- so the funny thing about these breeds is that they don't bark oh really, really? no they're just super quiet which is like quite cool he's adorable oh, he he's at night like he used to cry at night but now he's fine yeah he's- He's literally unbelievable. Oh, do you feel like a proud mum? <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> See, this is, I think, um, this is where we need to start putting these up on YouTube and having the videos available so people can appreciate that yeah. moment. Guys, you so. should too do that. Um, yeah. That's what I've been doing in the past. Yeah. Because uh, then yeah. people have the option, they can watch either the video we, or... We put episode one up on YouTube. Um, I think I'm going to take the backlog of these last six and actually just upload them 
um yeah. we may as well because at least we've got youtube spotify and apple covered yeah i'm um, glad to you know on zoom there's like i was playing around with the settings earlier and on the video settings there's a setting called touch up your appearance i was like hell yeah <laughs> touch yeah. <me> up <laughs> i need to do that i was like i need that in my life um right so today we're going to talk about injury um and all things injury um because um Sammy is a pro at injury. And, and I'm a cripple, yeah. <laughs> she's a cripple. <laughs> um, so the first thing I think we will touch on is, Jake, obviously, um, you know, you've, uh, well, I don't know. If, have you ever had an injury that you've had to train around? Well, recently I had a sprained foot. Oh, yes. Um, and... To be honest, like touch wood, I've never really had a serious injury during training. Mm. Um, and I've always thought, when would it happen? And luckily, I've had one, um, I say, during the lockdown period, because at least then I haven't had to be like, oh, I've got to miss the gym in that sense mm. and all of the equipment. Um, so the mental side of it wasn't as bad. But I suppose with a sprained foot, you kind of clearly know that, right, I can't do certain leg movements I can't really walk that much so I do have to rest so mm. when I had my foot I, I was resting for that first week and I think it I ended up because obviously I've got about a 15k step count a day usually with my coach and to be honest I, I barely got 10k each day I was, I was trying because obviously I was just trying to walk around the house really I really was I was, I was trying because me being me I'm like I can't I can't go without getting 10k um, but it was really painful and I just thought to myself Am I doing it more damage by trying yeah. to walk on it? Um, and am I actually increasing the recovery time? So it, I'm grateful that it was during lockdown, though. But that's probably the most serious injury I've had before. Mm. Sprained foot. Yeah. Mm. Hardcore. Well, I've been injury prone my entire life. <laughs> so, um, and recently I, well, we didn't ever get it looked at because of Corona, but in back in March I think I tore my meniscus so Sammy had to coach me around um my training around that so um yeah she was really good at that and um, now it's now it's basically like a brand new it was shoe. a skiing accident like you it wasn't actually through training no it was a skiing accident yeah which I'm really embarrassed to admit because I literally really talked myself up as like the world's best skier <laughs> which I am so um, don't start again <laughs> and, but the, thing, the thing is the <laughs> the run that I did it on I was coming it's like so I mean if you've not been skiing before like a green run is like the easiest run you can do it's like a nursery run and like five four and five year old French kids will ski it backwards and do like 360s and backflips and stuff on it and I was coming back on piece and like this green run is literally like a nursery slope it's got like toy pigs and it's called Marcel's farm and it's literally the easiest run you can do <laughs> and I was coming back from being off piste onto the piste and yeah fell over and popped my knee and it was I literally was like that's it I'm gonna have to be airlifted I'm gonna have to pay for a new knee I'm not gonna be able to compete this year oh it was hell it was literally hell. <laughs> and then I told Sammy I'd injured my knee and she was like I hadn't told her how I did it. So like all this time she was like trying to plan my training around it. And she's like, so how did you actually do it? And I was like, oh yeah, I haven't even talked to you yet. <laughs> I thought it was through training. And then you're like, uh, actually it's through skiing. And I was like, oh. 
I bet she wanted to say it was through training, but it's like the reality wasn't that. <laughs> I, w- I wish I had like a hardcore story, but actually I fell over on a kid's nursery mm. slope. So, <laughs> so, so you trained, so actually you had your plan sort of manipulated around that then as well. And you just trained around it. Yeah. yeah so um, I think at that point. We I did was... take time off. Yeah. We, we had yeah. like one week off, I think. Mm, yeah. Off, yeah. And then I think because we were still in the gym joint now, I think it was just, I didn't do like, I couldn't do leg extensions. I could barely squat. I could barely walk. So I, I suppose squat. a lot of anything that involves knee flexion as well. So take that out of the equation. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, I could do RDLs. That was the saving grace, but yeah. everything else was a no. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's lucky for you because obviously your boyfriend mm. knows everything about, you know rehab and stuff rehab yeah yeah so that really helped us out because you would you would even send me some stuff and go ryan recommended this should i do this Mm. yeah Yeah. he is a useful Um, team but and then you also had with your shoulder Mm. that's kind of like an injury i guess yeah yeah so um i did i actually did that (laughs) oh for goodness i'm actually a trend here (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did that um, when I was on my ski season doing a backflip and I overextended. So at least that was a pretty hardcore story, but yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then I had an operation on it. But I remember, like, I, it literally used to get in the way of even training legs. Like, the, remember when I was with my first coach and he used to give me PT sessions once a month. And he was short. I mean, he was probably, like, a little bit taller than me. Um super strong power lifter but like not very tall and I was squatting like 80 kilos I think it was once and the weight on my shoulder I think the bar was too low and it popped my shoulder out and it literally almost killed me <laughs> I know it was hell but then like I've since had an operation on it so it hasn't it's come out or it's subluxed once um since my operation but now it's quite strong but it like me and Sammy were talking about the other day it, it does affect things like um, I've just had benching put back into my um, plan. Yeah. So like, because the range of movement's still a little bit, um, like it's not quite as good. Like this shoulder, will, yeah. it will, it will, well, it will make like my pec really ache. So mm. yeah, that's um. Yeah, I think that's the problem with injuries long term, and I'll touch on this. Um, is that it changes your movement pattern, mm. and. Yeah, so it changes your movement pattern, which can then make other areas get affected. So, like, if it changes the way you hold the bar when you squat, what do you think is then going to happen to potentially your knee or your hip, you know? Yeah, Yeah, Um, yeah, and so that's why I'm personally against, (laughs) and I've experienced this myself, I'm against stopping training. I think you have to be smart with your training. Because if you don't use the area, it just gets stiff. And with Georgie, I think it's amazing to see her, the way she poses now. I feel like you even have now a better connection. Yeah. With, yeah. With so this shot. Yeah, yeah. So she can apply that now to training as well. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I, I think, obviously, I, you know, I'm not in a position like yourself, Sammy, but um, I do think that training, from a logical point of view, I think that you have to train any area that, if obviously if you can that's injured because you know getting blood into an area increases the act of recovery in in that sense as well so um 
again, obviously there, there is a time and a place for things like icing and, you know, compressions and raising if you need to, but you still have to move around it. Movement's key. You know, I remember someone, I can't remember who it was, but I, I used to listen to a guy I said to Georgie the other week called Stan Efferding a lot. Um, mm. And he was always preaching because he was a powerlifter and a bodybuilder as well. Always preached that movement was key regardless of what the um, injury was. Because again, if, you know, say you're sat down all day at work, I know it's not an injury, but the one thing that you need to do, you think that sitting is not a bad thing, but just sitting for eight hours at work can be extremely detrimental to your back. So even getting up for 10 minutes a day, maybe or 10 minutes, four times a day, just for those 10 minute walks can really improve um, the damage yeah. that you've done throughout the day. So I agree. I think movement's key. Yeah. Um, and then just to kind of touch on my injury. So this, I would say, started probably five years ago. And honestly, I'm, I'm an idiot because I didn't do anything about it back then because I just got into training and I thought, okay, I have a little bit of a niggle, it'll go away. And obviously this progressively got worse. When I first started training, I just wanted to grow my booty, like all the girls do. I will. <laughs> so I trained my legs four times a week. And I had no idea that there's such thing as like maximum recoverable volume or anything like that. Um, and my hips started to like hurt here and there. And it kept getting worse as I got stronger, obviously, um, as I started doing the Stairmaster. That was like my preferred choice of cardio. Um, and then basically uh, a year ago, exactly, I went full time online. So what happens? You sit most of the time. You know, people think online coaching is like, oh, yeah, you're still doing, you know, fitness and stuff. But in reality, it's like an office job. Yeah. More interesting. But you do sit a lot. And that's when I started to get a lot of pains in my hip, like really bad to the point where it was so stiff. I'd go into the gym and then I had trouble walking up the stairs, things like that. Um, so then I'm like, right, I've had enough. I'm going to go get it looked at. And everyone I went to said I have a hip impingement, which is something that happens over years. Um, and it basically, because of the way that you move, your body like almost grows a bone in that area okay um but it the thing is doesn't it yeah and the thing is i haven't had an x-ray so this potentially could actually just be what they're speculating but um what i do know is that i had a sprained ankle when i was playing sports back when i was in my teens and that's on my right foot so what's happened what it looks like is that i've actually shifted the weight onto the left side and does that make sense? Because yeah. my body doesn't want to use that ankle. So my, my, um, the way my ankle moves on my right side isn't the full rotation. Um, so that's why they sometimes say, if you have an injury, look outside, zoom out, look at your body, something else is probably causing that injury. Yeah. Um, so I've started to do a lot of ankle mobility stuff and I have extremely weak adductors because my, quads like overpower my body for some reason you know it's a probably a genetic thing um or because i used to play basketball so all of these things like actually add up and create this injury in the first place and until you fix those and fix your movement pattern you're not going to get rid of the injury because if i go and get a, a surgery on that but i continue moving in the same way yeah. what's going to happen it's just you fixed one one piece of the puzzle yeah yeah 
Um, and then I've, I was advised to stop training by some people by, well, usually that's what doctors tell you, oh, stop training. Yeah, cool. And during this lockdown, I'm not going to lie. Um, I've probably had a breakdown almost every day. And it's because, you know, after training for five, six years, you know, I was going to compete this year. I spent a year putting myself into that position. You then have to drop out and start losing muscle because you just can't train. It's reality, um, but what I did learn is um, you don't always, I think everyone has different opinions. Osteopath will tell you one thing, you know, physical therapist will tell you another thing. It's your body and you know yourself. And when I started to really focus on like tissue work, so like uh, stretching out my adductors and rolling them, my hip pain started to go away. Yep. So sometimes I feel like, you know, you have to look for yourself. So it's very, mm. it could, yeah, potentially it's very um, dependent on the person, their genetics, their body type, mm. how they move, etc. like you were saying. So there's, there's multiple factors in it, isn't there? Yeah. Um, it's never just one thing like I've got an injury here it's like okay so what have you been doing to um, cause that what's been building up to that um, yeah. which is obviously not a lot of people look into it like that yeah unless it's something like in Georgie's case where she fell over or whatever yeah. happened that's obviously she impact <laughs> whereas if it's something that's been progressing it's most likely due to something else that's caused you to move that way mm. yeah agreed yeah. And I think it works the opposite way as well, like especially recovering on the way back from injury. It's almost like you have to train yourself to do train your body to do what it did before. Like as in, like you know, using my knee for example. Like um, you know, I couldn't get. Well, I still struggle to get like a decent connection on things like leg extension because it is a still. A, it feels a bit raw still, but like. I remember when I first started doing my squatting back, I could literally tell that my right leg was taking all of the load. And when I was pushing up, I could literally feel myself pushing up only on my right leg. And then I'd overthink it and I'd be trying so hard to concentrate on my left leg. But because I'd had like two or three months where I was still, you know, hobbling around a bit, it, like my brain was like, not enough. <laughs> that's not what we do so like and like now but like you know especially when I'm squatting maybe the first rep it's kind of gone the other way now it's like my brain's kicked in and it's like my okay it's like okay I know that my left knee is working now so I'm like the first rep I'm kind of like tipping onto my left a little bit and then I have to remember and then I literally have to think to myself equal force going through like my yeah. my tripod feet as as Sammy likes to say yeah so like it's and then you it's the that's the thing that people don't always think about when you get injured like people always think it's like you have your injury diagnosed okay you have a period of rest and then you do your rehab or you know some people don't even do their rehab they just continue to train and end up making it worse but then it's like the actual physiological side as well as obviously like you know, the mental side of not being able to train or, you know, like losing aesthetics. But then it's like, you literally have to train your, you know, your neural receptors to remember what you did 
the first time round, and then you realise that you're taking it all for granted, and you're like, <laughs> I'll never take my knee for granted again. These <laughs> <laughs> are yeah. So with that in mind, um, one of the questions that we got on um, Instagram from Ben Bedford, give him a little shout out. Go on. He's your homeboy, isn't he? He is, yeah. Um, so tips on training to correct imbalances post injury, Sammy. So post-injury, first of all, obviously establish what potentially caused the injury. So I always think this way, would you build a house on a bad foundation? No, Mm -hmm. right? So that's something that's really underlooked and things like feet, um, your core, everyone has issues most of the time. They either have flat feet or they have weak cores. So the first thing I would do is if, if you're going to be training around an injury, make sure that you're also focusing on those like boring things, which is like your core, your feet, um, making sure that you are doing some form of like prehab, I call it. So what you do before your session um, and realize that it does take time and you have to be on top of your tissue work because this is another thing. People think, oh, foam rolling, it doesn't make a difference. But if you're strengthening an area, your muscle is going to get tighter. So in order for you to continue training it, you need to make sure that it's not just like constantly getting tight. Yeah. Um, And that's the mistake I made. I thought all of this foam rolling is, you know, BS. And then until I actually started to do like tissue work, rehab, strengthen, that's when I started to actually see it's, um, you know, improving. So my advice is, yeah, just take your time, look at the areas that are weak, what's not moving correctly, because I think it's really dependent on what the injury is, you know? Mm. Um, I think if it's... Go Go ahead. No, no, go Uh, on. I was just going to say, if it's an upper body injury and it's one of the smaller muscles, like uh, I think a lot of people get shoulder issues. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time is because you're doing, let's say, like a back movement where your lat is meant to be firing or working. And what happens is they relax their scapula and those small muscles are then taking the load of what's meant to be, you know, used by your lats. Mm. Um, If it's with your lower body, a lot of the time it's hips or knees. So, you know, have a look at your form. Are you going outside of your active range of motion, Mm -hmm. which is active range is basically the range in which your body has control over the movement and can actually utilize muscles. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, myself included, I used to just like drop down on a squat and almost like bounce back up. Oh, and yeah. so that my muscles are not doing anything there. It's my joints. Yeah. <laughs> because so, at first you, you think that utilizing the bounce is just, it's great because it's helping you, but it's not because obviously no. you need to figure out what is the, the range in which I'm actually utilizing the muscles that I'm trying to target. Mm. Yeah, um, takes attention. Sorry, I remember, <laughs> I used to do that when I first started discussing, <laughs> when I first got with Ryan, and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, oh, my coach taught me. And he was like, no, it's not. He was like, you're literally going to injure yourself. And then like, yeah. lo and behold, like twinge and my glute, like a couple of weeks later. And I was like, I'm not going to tell him that he was right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what people say, like leave your ego outside the gym because 100%. unfortunately when you're in the gym, people are competitive, you know, you're going to be mm. like, oh, well, actually I can squat more than that. If I had a bit of a bounce, you know? Um, so yeah i think it's really important to focus on do you actually feel the muscle that you're training mm-hmm. um, but having said that you don't want to do this like four second eccentric two second concentric because 
that's like the far opposite side you know you want to find a balance yeah, yeah of course yeah um so would you say like one of the best things that you can do say say someone as in like has got like an injured like one of their limbs is injured would you then program things like single leg work um or single single limb work in to trying to bring that sort of limb back up up to the same speed so the first thing i will say is that your body works as a chain so if you have something that's injured right and it's like let's say it's really bad you need to understand that if you train around it you could actually make it worse because your body is going to be like okay well, I can't use this side anymore, so I'm just going to get super strong with my other side. And that's how more imbalances start, which is why, surprisingly, even with a hip injury, I was advised by like three people to stop training my upper body because they're like, you're actually starting to get this like cross syndrome where like this side is now getting affected because your left hip mm. is bad. Um, so what I'll say is first, like take some time off, Don't, your gains are not going to run away if you take, you know, one or two weeks off when you come back, definitely, I would say do single, um, leg limb stuff, because most of the time, if you do barbell stuff, for example, and you have an issue with your left shoulder and you push, you will be pushing more with one side. You might not mm. realize it, but you're, it's like what you had, you know, your brain automatically tells you, well, I probably shouldn't use this side, so I'm going to use more of my yeah. you know, other side. Um, and then, yeah, if you continue training that way, you might then develop what Georgie had, which is then you overcompensate, and now you only think about the bad side. Yeah. So doing single limb stuff, I personally think there's loads of benefits to it um, because you get better contraction. You can really position yourself. None of us are symmetrical. However, the downside of doing si uh, single limb stuff is – you don't, you can't do like compound movements really. Yeah. You know? Um, so a lot of it is probably machine based most of the time. So you, if you're someone who enjoys doing free weights, you know, it might get a bit boring. Yeah. Um, which is why you should have, you should always have balance and, you know, regardless of someone having an injury, you should focus on doing some single arm, single leg stuff. Um, but for sure, when you're getting back into training, I would focus on that. And then on the sort of subjects of like machines versus free weights, what hmm. do you, th do you think it's good to have a mixture of the both or would you like aim to program like more free weights than machines? So you can sort of think about like your arm or that limb in, in space rather than like being guided by the machines range of motion. I think the first thing to say is the, they obviously have pros and cons. The thing with free weights is it requires a lot more CNS because you have to stabilize yourself. Most of the time it is compound movements. Um, so you can't do them as frequent as you can do machines with machine work. You can on a Smith machine, for example, you can push against the machine. Sometimes if you're lazy, you don't even have to use your core. Mm, um, so I think the benefit of machine is if you have a specific area you want to isolate is great especially if you have like, let's say you have weak rear delts, right? They're not going to work necessarily if you're doing some form of movement that also can engage your back because if your back is stronger, it will take over. Mm. Um, with a machine, you know, if you really set yourself in a position where only your rear delt can work, then perfect. Um, so I think 
yeah, machines are great for targeting specific areas. If you're someone who's in contest prep, again, great way to continue training your muscle without tiring yourself out. Yeah. Um, and I was actually having this conversa- conversation with Georgie. With something like deadlifts, you get to a point where is it worth, is it, are you getting bang for buck? Is it worth that exercise? Are you targeting all your muscles and you're getting a good connection? Or is it now turning into um, my CNS is fried, you know? Yeah. Um, Because then you can swap it out for machine row or something, you know? Mm. You have to really be smart when it comes to programming the two. If you're like deep in your off season and you can recover, I honestly think compound exercises are king. 100%. Um, Yeah. So because you can progress, this is the other issue with, with machines is, you can't always progress on them progressively overload. So like lateral raise, you know, the cable ones, you can't progress on those forever. So it's more of just like an accessory movement. Yeah, of course. Um, Whereas with something like OHP, um, bench press, high inclined bench press, you can progress on those. So I missed the cable stack. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Anything gym related at the minute is making me really upset, but I'm glad that we've got um, a date the, to go back. The 25th date, yeah, I finally. Know. I was going to ask you to actually, well, you know, are you finally happy that we've got a date? <laughs> like beyond, I mean, like, I think, I feel a bit guilty saying it because obviously mm. we've got such good equipment. Like, I, we haven't really had to make that many changes to my to my training plan because yeah. we've got, a, you know, barbells, we've got plates that go up to, I don't know, like 200 and something kilos. So yeah. we're fine, but... I do miss like, well, the training environment for one, but also the, I miss like, I didn't think I'd miss it, but like the leg press, the hack squat. I can't yeah, wait same. to get on a hack squat. Sammy, please put hack squats back in. <laughs> <laughs> I literally, I hate the hack squat, but I can't wait to get back on it. So it's, I think it's like, yeah, it's just, I'm looking forward to having like different stimulus, like, or yeah. you know, like obviously you can hit certain muscle groups but like using a machine that is i know that is gonna like absolutely obliterate me like yeah. i want some i want some hardcore doms some yeah. and then with machines like we said like you can target specific areas more because with regular squats if you're someone who's quad dominant you're probably stimulating your quads more mm-hmm. than you would like to for example you know um I'm excited, but the thing that for me, this whole thing, this the fact that the pubs open before the gym, I still oh, can't get over it. No. I find that absolutely ridiculous. I realized that, you know, if I were to look from the other side, they want to restart the economy. But come on. Like, I don't think that's, I honestly don't think that like wanting to restart the economy is a good enough excuse to open. Yeah. Like, especially when you see pictures of what London was like. Yeah, yeah, the weekend. Yeah, it's like gyms, like, I, yeah, like a couple of people have said to me, why are you so pro gyms opening? And I was like, why wouldn't I be? And they were like, well, think about the sweat droplets, people shouting, like this, that, and the other. And I was like, first of all, people who go to the gym are probably the healthiest and most hygienic people that you will find because they sweat so much and then they want to absolutely cleanse themselves. So obviously they're not going to be like dutty. Yeah. And then, yeah okay you shout but you don't always have to shout like Aaron said to us the other day like you know if you're going for a max lift you don't have to shout like it, I know it helps but like you know people gym goers are generally not stupid like not stupid meathead like iron clanging 
monsters like some of them are actually quite insane, educated yeah. Yeah. yeah so like you know and it's not especially we're lucky in our gym because we've got um it's a capped membership gym so even when it's super busy at like five o'clock in the afternoon there's never more than like 20 people in there and yeah. there's loads of like you know different areas and machines so everyone can social distance pretty easily yeah yeah that's the other thing i find with gyms it's so easy to make a rule like you know here are the wipes wipe down your equipment after use most of the gyms they have machines that are quite spread out you can control how many people in whereas when it comes to like pubs and people i'm sorry but you can't do any of that yeah. and yeah the next morning, there's an article on BBC. It's crystal clear yeah. that people, uh, drunk people, can't maintain social distance. <laughs> oh, the minute the minute you're intoxicated, the first thing you want to do with your friend is put your arm around him or her. You know, it's it's just it's it's ridiculous. So, yeah. um, I think again, obviously, I won't try and go. I won't try and go put my ultra political hat on, but because <laughs> I, I can go off on one, um, but. Like I said in my story, I think that if they're saying that they want the country to be fit and healthy to, because it's so important to be fit and healthy to potentially fight off coronavirus and ensure that, you know, we, we stay healthy for as long as possible, then why would you not open gyms sooner and allow people to keep up their routines? Yeah. Um, it's just, it's ridiculous. But hey-ho, that's the, that's the way they positioned it. We've got a date now, which is more than what we've had for the past six weeks. Um, mm. I, I can't even, I don't even recall how long we've been in lockdown now. And the, the, the site of resistance bans is literally, oh, I, I, don't, I don't actually them? want to look at my bands. I think so. Yeah. But the trouble is if I burn them and then a month after me burning them, we, they say, actually, we're going to go into a local lockdown. I'll be like, all right, well, oh. I've lost my only bit. <laughs> so, oh, God. I know, um, on, so actually, that's probably a good thing to touch on. Yeah. Sammy, uh, what are your top tips for getting back into training after um, a prolonged mm. period of time? Great off? question. So uh, I would say um, do not, whatever you do, forget about your logbook, what you used to do, because the thing is, like what Georgie said, is that neurological connection, it's not lost, but it's obviously you haven't been practicing the movement, right? Or even if you have been doing, let's say, squats with like 20 kilos, you know, you're not going to be able to do what you used to do if it was like 100 kilos. So I would say train with like an RPE six, which is like four reps in reserve. Some people train like that anyway, and then they progressively overload over the weeks. Um, but literally just go in, feel all the movements again, because the worst thing you can do is go in going okay right i'm going to do this hardcore session and then injure yourself because i think people don't realize how easy it is to injure yourself un until you've actually done it yeah. um, and then there's no way to go back and i would use this time as a perfect time to progressively overload because think about it if you're someone who's squatting 100 kilos and you're really finding it difficult now to go up to i don't know 110 um you go in the gym now with 60 kilos let's say look how much room you have to progressively overload again, mm. you know? So and focus this on opportunity to, uh, I don't know, brush up on your form. Yeah. Um, really feel the connection with the muscles. So definitely don't go in and go crazy. Um, and I would also say if you're someone who's had to be at home quite a lot because of the lockdown, 
Um, so you haven't been moving as much. So you haven't been doing as many steps. Really focus on doing that because steps are active recovery. You know, if you're just sitting all day, then you train, then you sit again. In my opinion, that's, that's not good because you're just going to be tight all the time. Yeah. Um, whereas steps, believe it or not, they really help. Like after a long walk, I sometimes even get like sore, you know, legs because it's actually exercise. Yeah, of um, so just, you know, get active, uh, build up slowly. Yeah. And don't, don't continue eating the amount of lockdown, lockdown shit that you've been eating. <laughs> I think a lot of actually people's appetites have gone down because they're not moving as much. Yeah, I mm. think so. That's what yeah. I've noticed. Myself. I'm like, you know, I'm not even that hungry. Yeah. I actually think like, I was, I was thinking this the other day, <clears throat> if I'd still been working in the office whilst being on prep, I think I would have been 10 times hungrier than I was because my well first of all there's always cake in my office like honestly like (laughs) literally couldn't be happier that I wasn't in the office for prep um but like I've literally lost my train of thought now where am I going with this you were saying how the office would be a detrimental place to be whilst on prep prep compared to your home literally I've got the worst prep brain (laughs) I literally um (laughs) No, yes, basically, you, you, you'd be hungrier if you yeah, were, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what that's it, that's what I was going yeah. yeah, I would have been, would have been hungrier, yeah. There's another reason for it, I think it's cortisol because mm-hmm. if your cortisol levels are elevated, your ability to um balance the blood sugar is interrupted. Mm. Actually, I have it in my notes here, stress keeps blood sugar high. Yeah, that's so ins- insulin causes a shift in what cells uh, use for fuel. Yeah. yeah. So with you being back at work, that probably you would have had higher cortisol. Mm. Um, so it's actually great that you've had this time. <laughs> My cortisol levels are so low right now. <laughs> I don't oh, even yeah. know what cortisol is anymore. <laughs> well, to be fair, with this period, I, I think for me, I don't know about you two, but um, I've managed to build like a... I had a routine beforehand, but with this one, obviously I'm like now waking up early, going for a long fasted walk. Um, obviously I was doing a cut for the majority of the um, lockdown period. So I'll go back into my bulk, but I'll still do a walk in the morning now, I think before I go to work. Um, and I've started making habits in terms of meal timings as well. And I've, you know, I think the working from home lifestyle for people like us, is actually quite good because obviously we've got the ability to go and make our food when we need to. Mm. Uh, we don't have to worry about getting it all packed up to take it to work with us or wherever we're going. Um, so I think it's a good um, working environment for me. Um, but the only thing I want back obviously is the gym. So after work, I can drive there, train and then come back. So I think in terms of the habits I've built, you know, I'll carry those through into the next normal phase of life. So yeah, yeah. the, um, it's funny you say that about like the meal prep because one of um, my clients was saying to me, she's like, oh, you know, I work from home. And she was like, literally the thing I love the most is the fact that I can literally just get up and make food as and when I need to. Like, and I'm not restricted to having to do it after work or on a Sunday and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, because you're so right. <laughs> I don't want to go back into the office. I know. I know. <laughs> always work in offices yeah yeah but with what i think will happen so my boss is obviously going to go and have a baby so i think 
the like I will need to go into the office but I think I'm gonna ask and if you're listening PQA this is what I'm gonna ask <laughs> <laughs> um I I want to ask if I can work from home like three days a week or two days a week um just because it's been so good for my mental health like if they're yep. like oh you know you need a valid reason like you know I, my commute's a long time my commute's three minutes like I don't that my valid reason is like it makes me feel better and I think now that they know people can do it and people will work from home they should be all right with it and as will most other companies like you know there's not really an excuse if you don't need to go into office why why would I waste my fuel to drive in there and harm the environment when I can just do it at home and have constant access to the fridge I agree yeah, yeah, I'll be in a similar position as well. I think um, my, my office have said, you know, it's pretty much you, you do what you need to do. So mm. I'll probably utilise that to be maybe go into the office one day a week if possible. So yeah. if, I can, if, I can, if I can stay here four times a week, then fine. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have a chat with my boss as well. Yeah. <laughs> Look at yourself in the mirror and talk. <laughs> oh, Ryan always makes that joke as well. Like whenever we're like talking about taking off holiday and I'm like, yeah, I'll have to like double check it with my boss and he's like yeah he's like me too he's like oh wait that's me (laughs) (laughs) funnily enough on that subject um sammy i was gonna ask you um with your business now and what you're doing obviously we take on clients as well how did you get get to where you are now you're right georgie yes wasp (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) okay let's go open the window (laughs) I i started off as a pt yep Okay. Um, because I got into training in general and I was like, you know what? I freaking love this. Yeah. Um, and obviously I did a contest prep. I think this is very common. People that do a contest prep, they're like, you know what? This is for me. Yeah. Um, I worked with a few different coaches, saw what they did, really enjoyed it. But I realized that there's more to coaching and that you can make it more personal. Um, so I started doing PTing um, and I worked with a gym group. You probably you've probably heard yeah of we, we've got a couple of them and, over here as well yeah you? and the thing is like i'm not to like blow my own trumpet but everyone who i worked with to them they're like okay i got my pt qualification and that's it like that's all i need to know and they would just come in the gym and they'd always ask me questions because they knew for a fact that i would go to seminars or i'll just do my own research um and like i just love reading about like random stuff um to do with like training nutrition, yeah. whatever. And I'm like, you know what, like I'm working with these people and I always think that you should look at who you're working with and they should like represent kind of where you're at. Right. Mm. Um, And I don't like being the big fish in like a small um, sea. So I don't know, one day I just thought, you know what, this isn't like, I can't be working with these people because, you know, they're not putting in as much um, education, like, what do you call it? into their education yep. um, as much as me. So I don't want to be like associated with these people. And that's when I lived in Birmingham. Um, so I decided to like completely change my lifestyle, move to London. Um, and I did have quite a few online clients already just through, I don't know, social media. Um, some of my PT clients I converted to online clients. So I definitely think the first thing to do is to uh, be a PT because okay. that will get you kind of comfortable working with people. Um, and then you slowly kind of transition to online. So then when I moved to London, 
because I was able to transition all my um, PT clients to online, I had like quite a good base. Yeah. Um, and then I just took the risk. I thought, you know what? I started off doing like a few PT sessions here and there in London, but because my online was growing slowly, I didn't really have to go back to PTing. Um, there are downsides I find. I was actually saying this to Georgie. I think because I don't, my family doesn't live in the UK. Um, I don't, I don't have like a home to go to. So I live on my own with flatmates. And the problem with this job is that you are on your own quite a lot. Um, and my boyfriend lives just outside of Leicester. So it makes you almost like antisocial because like the only time you talk to people is in the gym or yeah. if you go to like the shops or whatever, or you see your friends on the weekends, you know, and all my friends are not doing fitness stuff. They're like, you know, in corporate jobs. Um, so I think that's the only downside and that's why I kind of miss that interaction. And I maybe, you know what, Georgie, like if you're up for it, I kind of want to do something like once or even twice a month, see my online clients in person and train with them, you know, because I find that fun. It was when we went to, um, where did we go? Was it Muscle Works? Yeah. Yeah. And then we went for that Peruvian, we went for ceviche. I do that once a month. Yeah, (laughs) we should do that because it's fun and... I don't know. It just, I feel like it allows you to learn more about the client. It builds a relationship. We went and had a training session. So I remember I was looking at her squats and I'm like, okay, she needs to work on that, you know, and I can already see what's wrong. Mm. So, and my yeah. sumos, my sumo yeah. deadlifts. Yeah. It's a, I agree. It's like, obviously I suppose being an online based coach, it's a very good way of, you know, getting a lot of clients and you know a, a vast range of clients from potentially yeah. different countries and things like that so it's a great job in that respect but sometimes it's it's limited in the fact that you can't always see your clients yeah. um, so I think an idea like that would be great um so I, hope, I think I'm re- gonna do something sorry yeah. George, well, I was gonna say we don't even live that far away like it's like a yeah. 20 minute well it took me like 40 minutes to get to you before so yeah, yeah. oh let's have a date Sammy <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll see you on your uh, photo shoot day. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, when is that, Georgie, again? 19th of September. Nice. Okay. Yes. Good. I think I'm going to do something similar with Charlie. Um, Are you? Yeah. So, obviously, I don't think I'm going to compete this year. I wasn't necessarily planning to, but Mm -hmm. I I thought, you know, depending on how how soon we come out of this, I might do one. Um, But definitely 2021. Um, But we're having like a team Charlie photo shoot day with, you know, photographer, et cetera. And then posing one-to-one um, yeah. with coach as well. So I think we're going to take him up on that. That should be, I think August 30th. Oh, sweet. So he was like, you know, regardless of the fact you'll be mid bulk, just come along. He said, put a vest, he said, put a vest top on. He said, your back shots and your front shots, are still going to look sick. So just don't, just don't show your abs. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Savage. Where is it? Where yeah. are you doing the photo shoot? I can't remember. It'd probably be up nearer to him because he's more York based. So it'd oh, probably God. be about an hour or so away. Yeah. yeah. And York is more than an hour away. Not an hour. Yeah. I've just realized how far it's away like that four is. Four hours. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know where it's going to be because yeah. he said he, he'll either keep it up there or he'll sort of come halfway and then allow yeah. for people to meet. So mm. be a good opportunity anyway. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Right. Sammy, we've got another question for you, which is a question we like to ask most people because all we do is talk about food. Um, if you were going to have an off-plan meal today, 
what would you have? Sushi. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even have to think about it. You know, that's such, it's, it's quite a common thing, isn't it? I don't like sushi at all. Oh. You know? No. Where did you try it from? Did you try it from like Tesco? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, okay. Honestly, the ones in shops are absolutely disgusting, okay? Okay. Um, if you want to have like a proper sushi experience, you need to go to the actual like restaurant um, because the fish they use makes the biggest difference. Right. Mm. Um, but yeah, sushi has always been my favorite food, like literally since the age of 11. Fair play. Um, what an embedded. advanced yeah. palate at the age of 11. Sushi. I know. That's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's really funny. Um, it was basically, I went to a restaurant with my aunt and she was ordering sushi with her friends. And I was like, ew, that's so disgusting. Raw fish. And they're just like, try it um, and you'll like it. So I tried it and I was like, holy crap. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, it's really nice. We're like, you know, pokey, pokey balls. Yeah. What are they called? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 poker, yeah. Ones, yeah. Yeah. So anything basically with fish and rice, I love. Mm. Okay. But not like tuna. No. The cooked. I like it when it's the raw fish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, maybe we could go for sushi then when you come here after my photo shoot. I don't know if there's any good sushi restaurants around, but I'll find some. (laughs) There's places like Yo Sushi. Are they any good and things like that? Yo Sushi is okay, but again, I think the quality has gone down because it's become like a cane. Um, The only downside with sushi is if you actually want good sushi, it is expensive. Mm. Um, I think there's a um, there is like an. I can't remember if it's all you can eat sushi or if it's just like an actual sushi restaurant in Edgware. Hmm. That's not that far. We could go there. Yeah, we could go there. But yeah, I'll do some research. Um, <laughs> some good ones in London, to be fair. London's yeah. always got good places Even, to eat. You know Itsu? Yeah. Oh, Itsu, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Itsu, honestly, surprisingly, it's actually really good in Itsu. Like, the quality is so good, even though it's considered more like a... a chain, I suppose. Mm. But, yeah, that's my favourite food. Yeah. Like, I loved how straight up you were, yeah, because you... No, one, no one else ever... Me and Georgie were having ours a few yeah. weeks ago, and we were like, ooh. <laughs> I remember so. when Georgie was like, if I could be any food, it'd be an onion... Was it onion bhaji? Onion bhaji. Oh. I... That's brilliant. Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna make. Honestly, I'm gonna make for my post workout today. I was. I sent Sammy a picture of my um, meal last night. I made me and Ryan steak and chips, and nice. I made these like you know you can get like sticky onions with it, or like on burgers and stuff like that, or like when you go to a barbecue and like someone's done like um, like really like soft onions. Yeah. I did that, and um, it was yeah. I did them with like salt, pepper, garlic, and then half a beef stock cube. Nice. And then a little bit of sweetener. Oh, honestly, I was like, Sabi, you need to try these. Put them on everything. And then she told me about making, you know, potato rosties, like a hash hash brown. I'm going to make potato rosti for dinner today. I can't wait. (laughs) I feel like when you buy it, you get so creative with your food. So creative. (laughs) Like, it's not even food focused. You're just really like, okay, I have this much macros left. Like, what should I make for it? It's... uh, like, you know, you said yesterday about people complaining about dieting and stuff like that. Honestly, I think a lot of it goes with knowing a lot about food. And obviously, like, if you've got the experience of, like, tracking your macros and stuff, you know, like, 200 grams of or 220 grams of potato is, like, 40 grams of carbs. Like, you can work out quite easily. But if you have a good, like, knowledge of all the different ingredients and, you know, 
like I'm in a good position because you know I can eat as much well within reason but green veg and that kind of thing as, as I want so if you it's like having rice you can bulk it out with onion and like blended broccoli like there's little things that you can do and you, diet food doesn't have to be fish in a rice cake like I'm just talking to my friend Tash because we're going to hers on Wednesday and she was like you know what can you eat fish in a rice cake and I was just like no one eats fish in a rice cake (laughs) people have this like misconception that like oh yeah if you're dieting you have to eat like really simple stuff Mm. Um, and I never actually limit my clients to vegetables for a specific reason and that's because when you get into the depths of dieting are you going to choose to have vegetables or you're going to choose to have oats? Yeah. Choose oats. And then what happens is if you stop eating vegetables and you're in a state where you are dieted and inflamed from obviously stress and stuff, like your body has literally no nutrients. Mm. So as long as they keep it consistent, I'm like, you know, have the veg. It makes me laugh. Like I saw like when I see some, competitors having like green supplements like oh yeah and i'm like why just eat veg man like what first of all you've just spent i mean i don't know how much they are but like let's say upwards of like five pounds on 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 a ton of capsules with literally blended broccoli when you could you could get four kilos of frozen broccoli for five pounds like exactly and plus when it's freeze-dried like all the nutrients are basically gone Yeah. yeah No, I think it's just for a lot of people, just lazy and it's convenience, mm. which is why if you just buy the frozen ones, it's so easy because it's yeah. already yeah. popped up for you. You don't have to do it. I love, I love a frozen veg. I spend on it. Ryan's like, why is our food bill so excessively high? And I'm like, because I've literally bought 65 bags of frozen vegetables, <laughs> <laughs> frozen peppers, everything. I'm like, woo, walking around Morrison's having a time of my life. There's a Mediterranean vegetable um, frozen pack. I've got that. Yeah, that's that's my favorite. I'm like, I can have all of this for free apart from aubergine. So I'm like, oh, Oh, yeah, I love. I could talk about food all day, and now I'm literally starving. Um, Your cardio? Yes. This morning. Just checking. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I did. I honestly, I wake up so excited to take my him bean <laughs> it's literally i just find it so fun because like i've now started noticing like so on my fitbit i get an email each week to say like about my weekly stats and each week it's like your resting heart rate is going like down and down mm-hmm. and down and down and down and like I think last night it said my resting heart rate was something like 48 while I was asleep. Mm. So I wake up and like, you know, your heart rate goes up really quickly and it makes me feel really energized. And then it goes back down again while I'm like waiting for my him bean to kick in and stuff. And then I have it. And then I'm literally like buzzing. I'm like, (laughs) I'm there on the bike. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, you got to take a video. I want to see this. I want to see proof. Oh my god, I will. I'll do it tomorrow when I have my <laughs> my three hundred calories of rest day cardio. I'll just be like, woo, listening to that. Um, do you remember that Eric Pridd song that was piano? That's Call like, on me. Do, 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 oh do, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. I'm literally there, like, mm, 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 mm. <laughs> sweat dripping off my face. I'm That's like brilliant. blinds, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. 
good that's another thing we can talk about at some point jake supplements supplements definitely. um cool do we have a plan for what we're talking about next week or we're we just gonna i've got um i've got to put a plan together for the next 10 episodes mm-hmm. uh, episodes installments whatever you want to call them yeah um and i will share it with you and then we'll start teasing it for next week oh, uh, tease. you tease got a couple of ideas so right. um but i was going to say sammy would you would you happily come on again for another podcast at some point yeah yeah, yeah. lovely it's been great uh, having I'm you here talk about literally anything yeah no and you you know it's it's nice to speak to someone as well obviously as, as well as you being a coach but obviously you know georgie as well so it's obviously it's good to have someone on like yeah. yourself with all the knowledge that you have yeah. built up over the years as well thank you so much for having me on oh, it's been a pleasure it's been a really okay. good episode i've really thank enjoyed you. it thank you yeah, for um Thanks for getting the dog. <laughs> thanks for yeah. <laughs> thanks for gracing our Saturday with the dog. The recording, huh? Did you get him in the recording. Yeah, I think so. Oh. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a little screenshot on Instagram. Well, I'll get these on YouTube as well because, like we were saying, obviously, yeah. it, I think it makes it even better just to see, you know, expressions as well. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'll start uploading these onto YouTube today and get the backlog done, and then we'll start sharing them as well. But Sweet. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been a pleasure having you on. Lovely to meet you as well. Um, and we will definitely have you on for another one because it's been great. Yeah. Thank you, Sammy. Bye, guys. Bye. See you later.